you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Nebraska Preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That's the big voice guy that lets you know it is another week with my man Jacob Padilla. Nebraska Prep post game will get you all caught up. Now about this, does your business need easy competitive financing for heavy machinery, truck, or other equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best financing options for equipment, trucks, and other big ticket items. Just fill out an application at Currency Finance. They'll do the rest. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. Uh, JP, now that we got that out of the way, how are things? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, pretty pretty standard first week of the playoffs. A few upsets here or there. Um, the top seeds looking like top seeds. And uh, um, w- <laughs> busy week for me uh, in terms of my coverage. Uh, kind of a rough week for the Huskers uh, across uh, various sports. But uh, – we press on. Which describes your mood the best? Blue Jay basketball, Packers football, Suns in the NBA, Nebraska volleyball, or Nebraska football? Yeah. Uh, it's basketball season. Let's just—I I think. That <laughs> Let it fly, uh, baby. Let's, let's focus on that. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, football season's not going great for the the team I cover or the uh, the team I cheer for. Have you given up on the Packers? Not entirely, uh, and there's still like players on there that are fun to watch, but it's far more frustrating than enjoyable at this point, just the way that they can't figure out. I mean, a lot of it's like personnel-based, but it seems like they can't, even within the, the personnel that they have, figure out a way to get better. It's like, and I, honestly, they put up a better fight against Buffalo than I thought and had a seven points taken off the board by the officials for no reason um but yeah it's it, it doesn't seem like things are gonna get fixed this season unfortunately all right well things that have a chance to get fixed let's get started we can get right to class a couple of those those tricky 11 sixes 12 fives 13 fours that didn't really kind of match what I think you and I felt like were the seedings in terms of what we would call an upset. What'd you think? Yeah. Um, I think we had a. See what we almost went three for three. Yeah. In yeah. terms of Class A to start with, with Prep North Platte. Uh, I think we both liked Prep. Millard South Kearney, we liked Millard South. And we gave the slight nod, although we didn't love it. Yeah. Uh, to north, avenging the loss at Grand Island, but uh, Grand Island had other thoughts. Yeah, and so it, I mean, those games were close. Like the, we thought the 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 twelve the twelve five the the thirteen four. Uh, we, we thought both those were closer to toss ups than um, the than, true seeding yeah, lines. Exactly. Um, prep we 
we, we weren't sure with uh, the health of Sharmar Brown, kind of what they were figuring out at quarterback, but that was maybe as impressive a win from the first round. Yeah, 27 nothing to pitch the shutout I thought was – I, that was the one that probably got the double take when I had to go back and then said, okay, let, let's see if we can get this added to the huddle pool so I can watch this. Yeah, and just kind of looking around, like class C1, uh, almost entirely chalk, but every other uh, class um, had at least one double-digit seed uh, make it through to the next round. So it wasn't, wasn't entirely chalk. We still got most of the favorites um, hanging around, but um, – that uh, I think it was a pretty good first week. I guess you want to dive in, start with your game at the top of the the Class A bracket. Yeah, let me get to something real quick because it kind of goes along with with West Side as they'll see Lincoln Southwest. But if I told you in the second round and you didn't know seed lines, and I said, Hey, Jacob, we're gonna have West Side, Millard South, Grand Island, Elkhorn South, Prep, Bellevue West, and Gretna, you'd probably be okay with that because those are top ten caliber opponents right yeah see that's that's kind of where like i know what the seed lines say but then when i look at who's in the second round i'm like okay this is pretty much the top 10 and southwest could make the claim at seven and two they had won that they had kind of won the round robin of the lincoln schools they're raising their hand like hey we belong so coming in i think outside of grand island basically all the teams that made it through were the kind of group that we identified as the top tier. Correct. It's the one team, and they were kind of at the bottom. We were wondering kind of where they belonged in there. They were, Especially emotionally. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then Southwest, we talked as uh, having the chance to be the best team in Lincoln. Isn't and that funny how at the beginning of the year along the way, we said, okay, is this the year? Yeah. It's, there's a lot of years that are supposed to look like that, but is, is this the year for Lincoln Southwest? And they took – Care business in impressive fashion uh, with the rematch with Millard West. So, um, but yeah, again, almost uh, all chalk, and I, I think probably the Millard South and Prep would have been favored there. So, uh, almost all, all favorites there going in there. Um, but yeah, uh, Westside uh, 59-21 win over Papillion La Vista is kind of uh, doing what you guys do. It looks like. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a pretty complete effort. I was, uh, you know, it was comfortable at the half. We felt pretty good um just starting to kind of click on all cylinders we made a couple of defensive position switches we're still kind of working our way through what we're going to do finally at the cornerback spot but we like the safety play with Rezac and Kiefer and uh Cotton is going to play back there somewhere Keenan Cotton but offensively that offensive line I think is 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 better than I think advertised and uh, you know, Westside's finding a way to run the football, which makes, you know, Rezac, Cotton, and Lloyd, and, and now the emergence of Trevor Spady difficult to handle on the outside. Yeah, and um, Anthony Rezac, actually, we talked about. Um, he, he's kind of been quiet for a lot of these weeks, but uh, – or, uh, sorry, Jamez Ross been quiet for a couple of these weeks, and you guys kind of got him going a little bit through the air. Right. Um few passes there at uh, 77 yards on three catches uh, at a touchdown um, receiving. So um, that's a good sign. Like if you can get him going a little bit more to, to balance out that uh, that QB run game. And then, I mean, you spread the ball around 37 carries, almost 200 yards, uh, two, four, six different guys logged a carry. So got a bunch of different guys a chance to, to get in there, play some playoff football. And 
um, get out of there <laughs> relatively healthy. Yeah, two guys that are kind of emerging late. Brody Gock has been really good for us in the run game. Ty Dingman has helped us hand the ball off a little bit as in the running back slot. And when you can complement that with Ross and get him out in the open field in terms of throwing him the football, it really makes that offense kind of hard to handle. And what we've been able to figure out is defensively is much better against the run. Um, North Platte was a little bit of kind of a soul-searching deal. We felt like we were a good run defense, especially after the good starts we got off to against Prep and kind of containing Sharmar Brown. We knew we were capable, but uh, the option and speed option game had really dealt us fits. But now uh, I think we figured out kind of what we want to do in some of those three-by-one sets and how teams want to spread us out. I, I feel like we're blue, the blueprint was there for Millard South and North Platte. Right, where, <laughs> okay, teams were getting us in the alley, and, and I'm sure we'll see some of that from Lincoln Southwest, but we do feel like at least we've got some sort of answers now. And really, uh, Pepe and the Vista, most of their success came on two plays, basically. Yeah. Uh, Payton Prestito had 109 yards on the ground, but 72 of those came on one carry. And was that a trick play or whatever they hit no, you with it was, 79 it was, yards? No, it was just toss. We got walled. Uh, they cracked back on our outside linebacker. We took a bad angle as a safety. Mm -hmm. And he was he was out of the back gate. It was right in front of their sidelines. I think we thought he was going to go out of bounds. He didn't. He's just too good of a back. I, I he I actually liked him. I I think we alluded to that on film. You know, I was calling him by number. I said I like twenty three and twenty one, but uh, they they it's a nice tandem that they have with with uh, with Barrientos and 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 uh, Prestito. Prestito, right? That's and a good tandem. And then they had a 79-yard passing touchdown. Uh, yeah, it happened late. Yeah. It was like the last series or two okay. that they had that the, they got vertical on us. And, and I think Papillion really likes uh, Leggett, Cameron Leggett at, yeah. at quarterback, who shows some promise. So, I, you know, they played a lot of young guys against us, but I, I like where I like where Papillion is headed. But basically almost half their yardage on two plays. Yeah, so, um, yeah we felt, we felt yeah. really good about that defensively. Like, you know what, we, we're, we're a pretty complete team right now. Yeah, and another 230 passing, uh, 96 rushing, uh, four touchdowns for Anthony Rizak. So doing what he does. And uh, on the, the other side of that bracket we talked about, Lincoln Southwest falling out 31-14 win uh, against Millard West. Um, it was 7-0 Millard West early. Uh, Lincoln Southwest led 10-7 at halftime uh, and um, led 17-10 after three and just out, uh, doubled them up in the, the fourth quarter, 14-7. So um, Millard West hit first, but from then on, it was basically Lincoln Southwest kind of controlling the game. Um, another, Cal Newell, another monster game, 214 yards yeah, he's, rushing. He's definitely got our attention. We, we're talking about we're just showing cut-ups after cut-ups of him breaking the first tackle. He's a big, strong back. Uh, the first guy never gets him. He, he's a handful. And I kind of wondered in the rematch, because they played on the 13th, uh, and Millard West mounted a comeback late. They lost track of, of, of Jackson Williams late. They gave up 14 unanswered in the fourth quarter, and Millard West won that game 27-13. But that was a 27-23, I should say. But that was a game that I felt like the folks at Southwest felt like they controlled for for ninety percent of that game, so you got the sense that they were pretty confident. And I'm telling you, quietly, Lincoln Southwest at eight and two, uh, that's a good record. I mean, say what you want about the schedule, but they have found a way to 
to really start to rack up some momentum. Yeah, for sure. And a uh, good way to get momentum is uh, two 60-yard uh, passing touchdowns. Uh, Colin Fritton only threw uh, five passes on the day, uh, completed four of them uh, for 129 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, they have nine passing touchdowns, and six of them are 50 yards or more. Yeah. So when they get you, they chunk you. Suck you in and then yeah. throw right they, over the top. They, they chunk you. Yeah, so – like you said, that'll be one versus eight there. So seedings hold uh, in the top quadrant of the bracket. Um, then there was uh, Millard South uh, pulling, I mean, the seed upset. But like we said, Millard South is a completely different team with Camden Kozel than they were uh, without him. And so their record didn't record and seeding didn't reflect the, their, their true ability. But um, that was a 35-21 win for Millard South. And it, it was close early. And then Millard South just dominated the second quarter, 21 nothing. Um, Carney made a, a bit of a run, but then uh, Millard South shut him out in the fourth quarter to, to hold on for the win. Um, Kozel, uh, another uh, efficient day, 119 yards passing, uh, two touchdowns. Turned out to be the Brock Murtaugh show. Yeah, that's exactly. He was his <laughs> favorite target. Um, Murtaugh rushed for 30 yards, caught six passes for 101 yards and two touchdowns, uh, had five tackles, an interception, converted two uh two-point conversions and he had a pick and six two punts. <laughs> so just a li- li- little bit of everything there for him and uh yeah pl- uh without simon mclannan they they were going for two and yeah. uh he converted a couple of those so um yeah it's unconventional way to get to 35 no extra points there but uh they got there <laughs> he is such a weapon uh Murtaugh. just you know he's got good size he runs well um some make the case he's better defensively than he is offensively uh, so you know that he's a guy that can get you a couple different ways. The pick six, he stepped in front of a pass beautifully and and returned that. So he was scoring uh, a, a bunch of different ways, and it sets up a very interesting matchups because two teams that formation-wise look a lot the same, two-by-two, three-by-ones with some bunch, you know, good quarterback play, but um, – Grand Island, never an easy place to play, as Omaha North found out as they await Miller South. Yeah, and uh, we talked about Kozo, but defensively, um, really impressive performance. They, Again, we, we knew we knew Carney hasn't really had a running game all, all, all season long, uh, finishing the negative um, minus 11 yards uh, on 19 attempts. Um, and Traven Beckman completed only 54% of his passes, two touchdowns, but also two picks. Um, so that that's kind of... Um, again, it's it's really hard to win against a good team when you're so one-dimensional. And finally caught up to Carney, but um, credit to to Millard South for uh, making them making everything difficult for them. And then, like you said, Grand Island on the other side. Um, again, it was uh, Omaha North didn't turn the ball over six times this time. It looked like turnovers were about even. I think two both ways. So yep. that, that was kind of a wash. And um, Grand Island struck first. It was uh, it was a one point game at halftime. Uh, it was tied after three, um, and, and then Grand Island won the fourth quarter, fourteen to seven, to move on. Um, Cohen Evans uh, he had two touchdowns on the ground, um, threw for two hundred and twelve yards. Such such an understated player, and he's he's pretty good, especially for what they ask him to do. Uh, he does a good job, and no Chrisman. Uh, uh, Caleb Richardson led him in rushing 18 carries for 93 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and caught a 27-yard pass. 
Um, so, again, impressive win without the guy that basically won them the game the last time. And that was kind of the X factor, right? We didn't know if, if Chrisman was going to play or he needed another week to get ready for the next round. And, and fortunately, I think for GI is – they're a confident bunch now because they proved that they can do it with or without him when they had to. They'll probably get him back for Millard South. And I'm telling you, Jake, they can possess the ball. What Whatever happens in that game wouldn't surprise me either way. I think that one's a true toss-up. Yeah, and um, Tayshawn Porter had, <laughs> went down swinging, uh, 27 carries, 176 yards, uh, and two touchdowns. Uh, just phenomenal season for him. Uh, led Class A in rushing uh, yardage this season. Um, I believe he was second in touchdowns behind only Cole Boward, who we'll talk about later. Um, Sebastian Serco, solid. Like he, again, he he really struggled the, the last time they they played, but um, uh, 11 for 20 passing, 176 yards and a touchdown. Trey Brown uh, head to Wayne State, six catches, 120 yards and a touchdown. Did the bulk of <laughs> their their passing uh, damage, but. In the end, Grand Island was able to, to, to make the plays in the fourth quarter to, to pull that thing out and move on. So the interesting thing about Grand Island is they're 8-2. and two. We've talked before. You know who their two losses are to. They're to Omaha Westside and to Elkhorn South. They beat, they beat Omaha North twice. Uh, they, beat, they beat North Platte. Um, they beat Norfolk. Uh, like, it's a team that – they definitely have your attention because it's, I mean, it's a Coach Tomlin. <laughs> yeah, what he does is get his teams ready for the postseason. And that's really what it was. Because like coming off of last year when they were so like uh, Riker fight or Riker uh, Kite and Kite Fife, Fife. Uh, <laughs> uh, so dependent on him to, for everything that he did. So many different things for that team last year, and to lose a guy like that and to kind of reconfigure on the fly, put plug in new guys. Um, and have other guys step up and to not only uh, not miss beat but get better. Mm-hmm. That, that, that speaks to coaching. That speaks to development and the, the program that they have out there. So it's, it's interesting as you, as you take a look at the, the top half of that bracket with Westside and Southwest and Millard South, Grand Island. For you, I don't think there's any real surprises there. No. Um, Sorry, what you getting said? Got, got a text the, from our the, buddy Sodder. The, 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 the top half yeah, of the bracket. No, again, no, I, those are, I think that's, I, I thought North had a chance just based on the way that, again, it was close the first time with six turnovers uh, from the quarterback position. But um, credit to Grand Island. Again, they, they stepped up and, ma- and made the plays. So, um, you had, yeah, uh, one, four, eight, and 12 in the top half of the bracket. And, again, we talked about Millard South wasn't a 12. Go down to the bottom half and and start with the two. Now, this one was interesting. They kept saying the scores over our PA system, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, two teams that we said wanted to play in a similar fashion. We were wondering what Gretna would do with the run game, who was healthy, who isn't. But, boy, that, that Gretna Southeast game turned out to be a lot closer than I think the experts thought. So I, I was out at Elkhorn, and so were uh, our friends Connor Happer and Gary Sharp. And uh, so as we're sitting there watching, because, I mean, we didn't need to lock in necessarily for the second half, uh, Happer had the, the, the stride feed up on his phone, and we're all huddled around there watching, uh, like, the final drive for Southeast, um, have a chance to go down there and tie it or win the game. And the way that ended, um, credit to Gretna, but – I had told you heading into the game that Zane Flores would not have a touchdown 
what would you think? Uh, I wouldn't think they'd win. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and again, still um, uh, at the running back position, still still banged up there. They had to have other guys step up, and um, Riley Eggenberger uh, stepped into that role. 13 carries for 91 yards, two touchdowns. Um, also had 10 tackles on defense, so pulling th- double duty there. But, yeah, Flores uh, just kind of, by his standards, just um, kind of average performance there. Uh, 16 for 24 for 193 yards. And yeah, the, the one passing touchdown was by Boganowski. Yeah, it, exactly <laughs> right. Uh, it caught, caught five passes and then threw one for 29 yards to, to Blake Moore, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, Gretna, it's really impressive effort from Lincoln Southeast. Again, we know how – how about this? That Gretna defense, 14 tackles for losses, including eight sacks. So – and how about them running 74 offensive plays, which in high school is a ton. They had 23 first downs. The fact that they were able to put up 24 points and hang in that game with that kind of pressure they were dealing with, credit to Owen Baxter, credit to Max Beaton back in that backfield because um, those yards must not have come very easily. And so it just further kind of accentuates what we've said about Gretna. Tough-minded, tough physically, and their their culture is is something else, right? They they just find multiple ways to win, and they it has it hasn't been pretty a lot this year. Well, and they they haven't had a lot of experience in close games this season. They and they haven't had to. Um, that that Bellevue West is the one real example of um, all right, we're in serious trouble, and they found a way to pull that thing out somehow. Um, after Bellevue West made the fierce comeback, um, and um, they they. Again, they, they did it. They, it was, so it was 14 all after the first quarter, uh, 24-21 at halftime. Uh, tied it up, so 24 all going in the fourth quarter. Um, uh, Gretna got the go-ahead field goal, and then Southeast had a chance. They were marching in the final minutes down the field, um, and uh, Baxter took a shot in the end zone, and Gretna picked him off and picked up the first down to need to run out the clock from there. So they, they – they were in very much in danger of losing that game or at least being pushed to overtime, and the defense uh, stepped up and made a play. I, I couldn't quite see on the, uh, uh, on the video who it was that, that pulled down that interception, but uh, it was a heck of a play by them. Um, Max Butenbeck, 23 carries, 144 yards, uh, seven tackles, and a sack. He, uh, he had a phenomenal season this year. Yeah, how workmanlike is that? If you, the best chance you, you kind of have to, to win that game is to keep the ball away from Zane Flores, and that recipe almost worked because on those non-Zane Flores runs, I think he finished 11 for 23, and some of those were scrambles. Um, So I pulled those out, but Gretna able to run the ball for 5.7 to carry on non-quarterback runs. Just imagine going forward if Gretna can run the football and still have the throwing dangers with Zane Flores taking snaps. That's a a complete football team. Yeah, and – uh back obviously headed off uh baseball is next for him heading down to lincoln but uh 167 carries for 1232 yards and 16 touchdowns on the ground 17 catches for 245 yards and two touchdowns five kickoff returns for 215 yards and two touchdowns and then 67 good, tackles, two picks and a sack <laughs> on defense uh pretty spectacular um had almost pretty complete in in uh 30 career varsity games for for southeast so Again, not bad for the kid's second sport, um, and he, he made a huge leap from his junior senior year, so credit to that kid, again, who 
had that uh, that baseball scholarship locked up um, and just went to work over the summer and got better uh, at football and came back and uh, Southeast, I think, got better around him as well, but he, he made the most of his opportunities this year. So credit Southeast for um, giving us the probably maybe the, the best game of the first round, uh, I would say, especially uh, relative to expectations coming into that one. Again, that's the, the 15 really pushing a two down to the wire, but uh, Gretna took care of business, and that will set up a rematch of maybe the game of the year um, because Bellevue West took care of business 42-20. How about identical scores in back-to-back that's weeks? That's the thing. Is that, that's, that's the tough thing about seeing rematches here, especially when uh, – like. When it's a close game, you're like, okay, let's see, like the 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 North Grand Island game come back a few weeks later, uh, have a chance to address some things and come up with counters. Back to back weeks uh, in a te- in a, a three three touchdown game, I I don't think anybody really wants to see that. Twenty one thirteen at the half and twenty eight twenty going into the fourth quarter. Yes, credit to Papio South, like again coming off of a twenty plus point loss to. They, they hung around that. that the, the final score is a little deceptive there, but in the end, Bellevue West, 14 nothing fourth quarter to, to put that thing away. They stepped up when they needed to. Um, and Danny Kalen, uh, seven total touchdowns, 19 for 29 passing for 265 yards and five scores, and ran the ball eight times for 87 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's different. For a little the, different, yeah. So Clayton Goff uh, fills in at, at running back – our kids went to middle school together. Guy that I'm a kid that I'm a big fan of. Thirty-eight carries in that one for 210 yards, and also caught two passes for 17 yards and one of those touchdowns. Yeah, good to see him. You know, because they're they're going to need balance, yeah. and at some point they've got they've got to find a way to run the football. Uh, Gwenner just having a hard time staying healthy. Contreras not available. It's it's been tough sledding for the running back spot, and and. Uh, off of Highway 75 yeah. there. And, and that was huge, for, again, because we talked about struggling with the the, the being so one-dimensional early on. Uh, Contreras really settled in there as a major weapon for them. And then to lose him, credit to Goff for stepping up there and giving them basically the, what they got from, from Contreras there as both the receiving and rushing threat um, and giving them the, the yard that they needed to, to stay balanced. Um, Isaiah McMorris, top uh, receiver again, 10 catches for 153 yards and two touchdowns. Caden um, Ecknock had a touchdown. Uh, Davon Hall had six catches and a touchdown. So spreading the ball around to, to their weapons there. But McMorris's ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculously productive season continues. And um, again, uh, he made a decision to to transfer to to help his future, and it's paying off in a big way. Uh, so much. Yeah, it's some, he'll so be going to school for it. free. Yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, and that's. He was, he was on the, the radar before, but like, in le- like, there's only so much that seven on seven can do for you. Like, coaches got to see you pr- um, produce in in eleven um, on eleven, and he's got he certainly produced this season. And yeah, this the next one. This was probably the shocker for me. Not that they won, but the shutout that they pitched is uh, prep hammered North Platte twenty seven nothing. That's a uh, Pretty pretty impressive effort for a, a prep team that we we didn't didn't know what to think about cons- with the health situation, about the quarterback health, yeah. situation. Um, Haven't had Marcelino. I mean, yeah. it's, they've overcome a lot. And I mean, good good to see Charmar Brown back out there. He didn't have a monster game, but he 100 yard 170 yards rushing, ran the ball 25 times coming off the injury. So um, hopefully, he got through it. Everything's good. Um, scored the one touchdown, but. 
Ezra Vedral coming in there. Uh, nine carries for 61 yards and two touchdowns. And Tony Coniglio was solid at, at quarterback, completed nine of his 13 passes for 105 yards. And he's the only one that threw a pass. So they kind of decide, all right, we're going with the sophomore now after kind of the trying to rotate all three different quarterbacks there. Um, if they can get that from him, then that's really, I think, all you need with, it, with a healthy Marty Brown is just complete passes, stay on schedule. Um, you, don't, you don't need to go give them a, a ton of yardage. Just uh, take what's there and keep the, the defense on their toes enough for, for that running game to, to gash them. And they get a, a team kind of laying in the weeds that they're not old by the way, but we've heard a lot about Gretna. We heard a lot about Westside. We, we hear a lot about Noonan and Ballard. We don't hear a lot about Elkhorn South. This Elkhorn South team has kind of been tapping folks on the shoulder all season saying, schedule or not, we're pretty good. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, they'll get another chance to show their physicality as they take on prep. Yeah, and there was a 48-20 win for, for Elkhorn South. And it, East, they, they 12, by my count, 12 carries for negative 40 yards. There just was nowhere to run for them. There wasn't a, a lot of um, – wasn't a lot of room to in the backfield to, to stand in there and make passes either. Um, credit to Owen Lasig, I think, getting his first start. Um, Jeter Wordley um, injured, uh, shut it down. Um, Dash Bowman <laughs> completed a 34-yard halfback pass to Malachi Coleman. Great catch by Malachi, but he just got destroyed on the pass. Just a massive hit. Drove him into the ground. He was down for a while. So he got knocked out. He got back up and walked off. Um, under his own power from those part, but didn't play. Um, Carter Templemeyer, who we talked about in basketball, um, obviously uh, it's my guy. He uh, got a couple catches early, got a big tackle, uh, pass breakup, and then went down hard uh, in the end zone, breaking up a pass, and uh, injured his shoulder and um, was out for the game as well. So they came in uh, missing guys and lost more guys during the game. Uh, and, and they did what they could. Um, uh, Lasig, I thought, Threw for 233 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Camden Robke, um, top target there, went over 100 yards receiving. Um, although the the one touchdown was a uh, combination of well, uh, time and score and officials being out of place. He stepped out at the five, dove for the pylon, and then I think ended up even fumbling the ball at the end of the play. But the the, the referees were trailing it by uh, so much <laughs> that they just gave it the touchdown. So. No harm, no foul. Again, Elkhorn South was firmly in control even at that point. But, um, yeah, Carson Rahner, East knew they were in trouble. Second play of the game, uh, first play, Ballard picked up eight yards on a run. Second play, Carson Rahner uh, kept it and basically went untouched, 64 yards for the touchdown. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That set the tone. And then Ballard, (laughs) 17 carries for 236 yards and five touchdowns. So, again, it's 38 touchdowns in 10 games now this season. Um, we can do that math, right? 3.8 <laughs> per? Yeah, that's it's pretty that's, good. There are a lot of teams that maybe aren't scoring 3.8 touchdowns per game as a team, let alone one single player. Um, so, yeah, Elkhorn South ver- looking very much like uh, the, the contender that um, they, they've developed into over the second half of the season. Um, so, yeah, that sets up a Elkhorn South prep battle, uh, the three versus 11 there, and then Gretna against Bellevue West at two and the seven. Any upsets that you see? Because I could potentially see a couple. 
Well, who who's the favorite in Grand Island and Millard South? Obviously, GI gets the home home field advantage there. I think you probably make Millard South a slight fave, but by seedings, I, th- I mean that one's tough. That like that's the mo- I actually think that one's more of a toss up than Bellevue West and Gretna, and I think that one's a toss up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that because I just have to factor in travel, right? How. And listen, it's an hour 40. It's not like East Coast, West Coast time different. (laughs) But when you're not used to doing it and you get a chance to see what it's like to play them there with all that purple, that that hits a little different, especially getting off the bus after, you know, an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, but I I think we'll see kind of what prep's able to do against Elkhorn South, I still think, uh, especially again with Marshall. I just don't think they can score enough. No, um, that's – Man, Elkhorn South's ability to both grind it out and then hit you with the big play. So, like, so here's the thing. I, I'm looking at this game, and I think to myself two things. Number one, Elkhorn South is a team in which I think you can game plan if you have the body types, right? I, I think their run game, you know what you're going to get. It's not really fancy. Even the schemes, I think, prep can hang in there. It's will they get hit with a shot play, yeah. either over the top or maybe give up a broken tackle run. Like, that's that's the thing I just don't think that they can overcome. And that there's not going to be much running room either with that defensive front. Those guys are just – Got to spread them out. And, base, and that's, this East game was basically highlight tape for all four of those guys up front. First it was Maverick Noonan, then it was Noah Buster, then it was Henry Prohaska, then it was Ashton Murphy. All those guys made multiple splash plays in that game, and that's how you end up with negative 40 rushing yards between a couple of sacks, uh, several runs for losses. Um, you can see, like, they're, they tried a, uh, a couple of snaps of uh, Malachi uh, Coleman at Wildcat quarterback. Um, at first one, he took it and tried to run around the end, and he just kept running and running and running. There was no but nowhere for him to go. Ended up four-yard loss I think it was so um, just could not get to the edge uh, could not get and couldn't even get up field there was just nowhere to go the hole got they just had the wall built <coughs> the entire way there who would you give the a psychological advantage to is it Bellevue West because they had such a dominant lead and and look like they were in cruise and they think they're capable or is it Gretna knowing that Bellevue West has had a hard time playing with leads this year <clears throat> I think Gretna, coming off of the way that game went in particular to both get pushed to the wire and then come out with the wind and know, like, hey, one, there, there won't be any problem about getting up for this game, obviously. Uh, but just having that experience coming off that, um, I, I think, again, coupled with that win, like, hey, th- there's no way we should have won that game last week, but we did. We just keep finding ways to win. Um, Bellevue, West has, Bellevue West has been ahead in every game they've lost this year. I mean, and in two of those games, they were up by double digits. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you have to kind of take a look at that. So, I, I had to watch the the, fir- uh, the first round on the stream, planning to be there for that one in, in person this time. Um, but that's 30 minutes on Class A. We we got to touch on some of the other classes here. So Has we'll it been 30 minutes already? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it's – we we had nothing nowhere else to be right. Um, <laughs> yeah. We got time. Um, <laughs> we'll tell so. that to our producer. <laughs> um, the so class B uh, looking at it the 
we had, I mean, eight over nine, that's not even really, you can't even consider that an upset, but one true upset there was Grand Iowa Northwest against Elkhorn. Um, and that's the game that I was at as well. And uh, that was, that was to a Tony really Chapman and those guys about that game, boy. Pretty impressive performance from GI Northwest. And we talked about, okay, we knew that the, we knew the record, but all those one-score loss yeah. games, would that matter? Yeah, they, they, they were friskier than the record showed, and um, they put that experience to the test here. Cause, so it was a wild game. It was um, the 50-minute first half. Uh, it was scoreless, just churning up yardage, turn, punting the ball back. Nobody could get anything going. Uh, come out of the locker room, touchdowns on the first four drives of the second half. Um, and so it was 14-14 with seven minutes to go. Um, a- after um, uh, a- after the, set, the the fourth touchdown there, and then uh, Elkhorn forced a punt, uh, broke the ch- uh, the stream, and then they faced a fourth and one at their own twenty four, went for it mm-hmm. with about three minutes to go, and GI Northwest stuffed them, and credit to GI Northwest the defensive effort they did it after losing uh, Victor Isley early in the game, and he had. They could not block yeah, him. Yeah, wreaking havoc. Um, so that was a huge loss for, for the Vikings. They found a way to get it done there. And that um, they, they stuffed him there and turned that into a touchdown. Um, Austin Payne just uh, doing some really impressive things there. And so they, they took the lead there. Um, and took the, so they scored the touchdown with a minute 34 to play. Uh, I'm making it 21-14. Um, and – Obviously, we talked about Elkhorn with their style of offense. They do not like to be in the two-minute uh, yeah. two drill. That's not what they're, they're be- not built for. Not built to play catch-up. First, uh, first two passes, incomplete, never had a chance. Third down, they, they pick up seven yards on a quick out. So they're facing a fourth and three, and uh, they hand it off to K.J. Schenck, and that, man, 35 yards, weaving up through the middle of the defense, giving them life there. Um, and he uh, – and they – Kept the drive alive and ended up. They got a holding penalty on first and goal from the ten, knocking them back to the to the twenty four. And then Connor Hunt dropped back and threw a yeah, dime up yeah. to, to Cole uh, Halk right in front of me, um, cornered the end zone there, dropped it uh, or caught it, fell down in the, before going out, uh, hit down, <laughs> touchdown. Um, and, and they scored too fast, so they tied it up with fifty five seconds left to go uh, and, and gave it back to. GI Northwest, and again, Austin Payne um, single-handedly orchestrated the uh, the drive to get him in a field goal range. At what point did you think that kick was going in? Uh, I pretty much uh, after they got to that point, it's like, oh, they, uh, really? I it just felt like the, the the momentum was all going their way, and just the way that the game had gone there, back and forth, like it's probably happening here. Huh. And it was a, <laughs> credit to him, forty-one high school. That yeah, that's not, not a, a gimme. It's yeah, no. not a gimme. Um, that's why I was a little surprised that you felt. Yeah. But I mean, you had a good vibe actually yeah. being there, so you you can kind of get a sense of, of momentum. Yeah, and he uh, again credit to to, uh, to Payne who basically half half that yardage uh, through the pass, half that yard or half that drive on the run with his own legs. He accounted for all the yardage there basically. Um, and got them, d- did what they needed to, kick the field goal with six seconds left. It was still left time for, for Elkhorn, and actually, first touchback, I believe, first play, uh, Shank running up the sideline. He's got a chance to break that thing, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, he gets dragged down, horse collar tackle, or he might have been gone. 
So at that point, it's a tough penalty, but you'll take that over letting him go. And so they got the untimed down near midfield, tried to throw a screen pass, dropped it, game over. Just tough way to, for that game to end, but that was a phenomenal game. Um, Payne just did it all, 16 for 24 for 193 yards and a touchdown. Um, 14 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown. And Tegan Lemkow probably the, uh, had an 83-yard touchdown on the best throw of the day for, from Payne. Just l- laid it right over the top. Um, Lemkow made a great catch uh, and run after the ball, beat the defense at the end zone. So he finished with um, 126 yards receiving on eight catches. Uh, he had a couple of those key catches on that, that final drive there to, to move them down the field. Um, and Shank for Elkhorn. 37 carries, 185 yards, um, caught a pass for three yards, and had a sick one-handed interception early in the game. Because <laughs> Jan Northwest was driving to start the game, got inside the 30, um, and then he just reached out, and I don't know how he caught that thing, but pulled it down again right in front of me. So um, credit to, to GI Northwest. <laughs> got the win to improve to 500 uh, and sent Elkhorn home. So that's a 13 seed moving on. Um, but that was – it was really the only, uh, um, again, surprise in Class A. It was, mo- it was pretty much chalk everywhere else, like it, except for Elkhorn North. Um, they, that was probably the, the most impressive one, 35-14 over Pius in, in the, the 9-8 uh, matchup. Uh, and Josh Basilovic, again, we've talked about him before, 104 yards in passing and three touchdowns, 20 carries for 187 yards and two touchdowns. As much as I'm excited about the balance between GI Northwest and Waverly, that's a really live 13 in, in GI Northwest. Boy, I, I all eyes on Scott's Bluff and Scott and Scott <laughs> with with the way that that matchup is played. And Scott gets another chance to see if they can hang in there in the trenches after getting kind of mauled a little bit by Omaha Gross, they're going to see another big, strong offensive line in the, in Scott's Bluff. Yeah, just kind of workmanlike effort. Scott's Bluff, 54-14. Uh, Boyle, 135 yards on the ground. Stole through for 153 yards and two scores. Um, and uh, Scott, 21-7 over Blair. They they really got after. Yeah, they did a good job with them defensively. That was an impressive defensive performance. Yeah, between sacks, tackles for losses, suck up, ended up negative 56 rushing yards. Um, So impressive showing by that scut defensive front for sure. Um, And that was – it was seven uh, seven all after one, and then uh, scut just kind of controlled the rest of the game. Um, I couldn't read that. What was that? Uh, no, just uh, technical difficulties. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we got to – so are we going to cue the music? Do we have to put a bow on this thing? So to a real quick recap and be Bennington, Elkhorn North, Waverly, GI Northwest, Scotts Bluff, Scott, York, and Gross. I, I, I said this when it started. Scotts Bluff has my attention. They still have my attention. I, I just kind of I'm, – I'm curious – just, just to see what happens if, if they can be that team because they're built like some of these heavy hitters with good ground game, and big, strong interior offensive and defensive lines. Yeah, um, so that's that's what we got in 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 Class B. There's the one in Bennington who uh, <laughs> took care of business, uh, fifty to seven against Beatrice. Again, the Trey Bird, uh, Nick Colvert, and Isaac Connor show. Um, the the five is Waverly. Uh, doing what they they normally do there, um, spreading the ball around a lot of different guys. Uh, 
the against GI Northwest the 13 we talked about Scott's Bluff the the three uh, against Scott and Gross the two is a 40 uh, what was that a 42 to nothing, nothing win yeah. over Elkhorn Mount Michael and a 21 uh, seven win for for York against Seward. All chalk in C1 as you mentioned earlier. So I mean, it, not a not a ton, I think in terms of movers and shakers in B, but still the collision course for Pierce potentially and 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 maybe Aurora. And B, although a couple of teams, M- McCook just kind of hanging around down there as a three and C1. Yeah. Um, again, all basically all chalk there um, except for Lincoln Christian, the nine. Um, and uh, we saw, again, still continue that collision course. Um, a couple highlights. We had uh, down in D1, uh, we had Weeping Water, the 15, going the upset over the two there. Credit to them, heck of an effort again. That's the outside of the lower seed to make it the only team to knock off one of the top seeds in the class. And a lot of picks. We have their 109. That's a complete week. 40 some odd minutes. We apologize for running long. Actually, had a few bills today. We'll be back next week. Uh, the next round is going to be interesting. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. It's Nebraska Preps post game. Don't you dare miss us. A Hood at Media Production.